Well, hello. I'm Lainey, also known as Electro Girl, and I'm an advocate for empowering people to get back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. See, I was diagnosed with epilepsy 30 years ago and basically was never satisfied with hearing from a doctor that pharmaceuticals would be the only approach to controlling my seizures. I just wasn't going to take it. Out of my way, mortal. So I committed many, many years to researching and finding an answer outside of the Western medicine approach to find a more holistic approach in managing and treating my epilepsy and the seizures. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is a show about exactly that. Each week, we will be looking into the life of someone who has been diagnosed with a condition or illness and has succeeded in managing their diagnosis both in and outside of Western medicine. Basically, what put them back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. So hang around with me while we explore living in and outside the medical square when it comes to loving your diagnosis. On the show today, we have Lois Hollis, who is talking about shame guilt. Yes, you heard that right. Not shame and guilt. There was no and. Shame, guilt, which she believes and has devoted her life to now be teaching people that shame, guilt is actually two sides to a coin that deals with the same thing. And for a lot of people, that thing is trauma. Dealing with shame, guilt allowed her to deal with her own experiences of an abusive childhood that scarred her physically and emotionally. And the thing about Lois is she had all these diagnoses and was on so much medication for most of her life until she was in her 50s and nothing was working. She was very much a Western medicine advocate until one day she met a chiropractor that changed her world. He believed in her. He started fixing her body. Then she started when her body was fixed to look into the trauma of her childhood and came across shame guilt. She is now helping lots of other people unpack their traumas of different experiences and has basically healed herself, definitely not on medication, and she juices veggies religiously. So let's hear about Lois's experience with how she came across shame guilt and now how she's helping other people. I've been in traditional medicine forever. I'd work as a nurse's aide when I was young and went to nursing. I developed the first kidney hemodialysis unit, and I, I was totally into Western medicine. I married a doctor, and today one of my children is a physician as well. So, I mean, I'm totally ingrained in the wet medical world. However, I had migraine headaches for 30 years. They just got worse and worse, and the doctor said, well, now you have to take Vicodin because you have serial migraine clusters, and they're much more painful. I was so excited they gave me a diagnosis, but he just said, you need to take more medicine. I came home, threw the pills down the toilet, fell on my knees, and cried. And that was a breaking moment, because my profession had failed me. It was a physical ailment that brought you into the work that you do now, which we'll get to in a second. How old were you at the time, Lois? Probably about... 45 or something like that. It was even sadder because I didn't have an alternative. It was even sadder because I didn't have another way. Like Western medicine was the only thing I knew. And everybody that I knew 
was in Western medicine. It isn't like, oh, I think I'll try this instead of Western medicine. I stopped Western medicine, but I didn't have anything else to go to. The crying was grief that you, you actually weren't sure which way to go down because you didn't have anything and you couldn't go back and you didn't know how to go forward. Because there wasn't anything forward in my book. In your book, now, like yes. Today, they can say, oh, I read um, Holistic on the internet. I mean, we're talking, uh, let's see, I'm 70. It's like 40 years ago. I knew that I was dying because I had all the brain traumas and broken bones and my leaky heart valve and my kidneys were not doing well and my liver wasn't either because I took medication for my headaches for 30 years. So what was your medical diagnosis? I had hundreds of diagnoses, but the main thing was my body was so broken. I had many broken, I had broken skull, broken neck, ribs were broken, my pelvis was broken. Can we just elaborate a little bit on why they were all broken? Because of uh, severe childhood abuse. Aha. So this is where the story unfolds. Were they broken physically, spiritually, mentally? Well, they were just broken. I was thrown down steps and thrown into a stairwell that was concrete. And that's where all the cranial stuff happened. And somebody twisted my head and pushed me on the ground. And that's what broke C1, C2, and, and 3. So obviously, I died and God sent me back. And as a kid, when these breaks were happening, did they fix you up at the time? No, I don't even remember. You know, like you can't see a broken skull. Well, that, I, I was dyslexic and I couldn't read and I stuttered and, you know, I had all the symptoms. They just said I was an idiot child that couldn't read. Oh, Lois. This, that was the first grade. But fast forward, I had, you know, kidney disease, liver disease, mitral valve prolapse. So this was never seen to medically at all. None of these things were ever investigated when you were a kid. Correct. So as an adult, have the doctors made a connection? All they said was you have cluster migraine headaches, but they didn't try to find out why. You know, they just said, you know, you need to take pills because of the severe pain you have. And that was rushed to the emergency room a couple of times, you know, with severe problems. Seeing I couldn't walk, I, I was debilitated. I believe my spiritual connection kept me alive. I mean, people don't live with what I had, but I had a very close contact with spirit and spirit just kept me alive long enough to find the right person to help me heal. What happened after that, a few months later, still wondering, what am I going to do? Because I really don't think I'm dying, but everybody says I get. So anyway, one of my friends calls me and said, why don't you come visit me in Sedona? That's in the West Coast, and I'm on the East Coast. And I said, you know what? That might be a good idea. I visited her, and she said, oh, darling, you look terrible. I said, I feel terrible. <laughs> and she says, well, you ought to see this chiropractor doctor. He's quite unique. And I said, okay, what do you got to lose? So I went to see him and he adjusted my back in some way and he had my heart beating better. I walked around the mountains. I'm going, oh my goodness, I can breathe. What did ever he did? He just adjusted my heart. You have to know this is an exceptional chiropractor doctor. He's like a shaman. He doesn't do x-ray. He just feels you and knows what needs to happen. We love those yeah. practitioners. He whispered to me, I can help you. He said, but you have to live close because you have mental in injuries. And I start laughing like, you think? <laughs> when I was in yoga class, I was asked to leave because I was a, a poor subject because I couldn't bend. And I... When I was in the gym, they took, told me to leave because I was getting pale and they wanted me to pass out. I couldn't do many things. Anyway, so eventually, you know, a couple of years later, I did move to the East Coast because someone 
said they could help me when everybody else said you're going to die. Now, it wasn't like I decided to go holistic as opposed to medical because holistic wasn't really the name. But here was a person, and I really respected him. He said he could help me. Even though I said, how can you do that when everybody says I'm dying? And he said, well, you have to do it differently. And I went, okay. I mean, what do I have to lose? At this stage, did you realize how interconnected your emotional state and how much you and the trauma was affecting your body? I was in pain. And I cried. Why? Because I was in pain. I was depressed. I was suicidal because I'm a very active person. I mean, even all the injuries, I still was incredibly successful. Wow, what an interesting story when one person believes so much in one approach to health and that approach to health can let you down. Lois found that out the hard way after so many diagnoses and so much medication and finally she found someone that she thought, well, I've done everything else, I may as well give it a go even though deep down she didn't really know what she was believing in. Anyway, let's listen to the story about how this one person who had faith that he could help her made Lois look at her whole life and uproot it, leave the husband and change her place of residence and town so that she could see if this man could actually help her. Let's find out what amazing stuff went along with that move. got a husband said he was a doctor did he move with you no we were separated at that point I said I'm going to go see a chiropractor and you start laughing at me he said you are so stupid I, I thought you were a smart person you're really stupid and I'm going okay in the see the time that I saw this doctor and when I eventually moved was about two years and what happened was I remember waking up at night, oh my goodness, my shoulder hurt so bad. And I went, oh, I wish I was there with that doctor because I'm sure he could help me, you know, because it was so painful. I just said, I'll just go to sleep. That night, he came into my dream and fixed my shoulder. This guy's really good. So it enticed me to move. (laughs) Is he the only person you saw then? What was the first first area that he worked on? Was my heart. He said, because you're not going to live long because your heart's not working right. And I wasn't a candidate for surgery because my ventricle wasn't working. So why put another valve in? I mean, I was curtains. Like, there's no way this person's living. So he had kept on working with my heart, making that better. And I, I'm going, what else can you do? I, I didn't have any more headaches. And the doctor couldn't find a murmur in my heart anymore. I'm like really happy. And then about six months, eight months later, all the emotional stuff started happening because I had room for it. You know, when you're in such severe pain, you can't be doing your emotional work. Well, I couldn't. It just was all encompassing. So I start going to therapy. Where was the point where you realized that you needed to address your emotional? Well, because I became depressed and I go, I shouldn't be depressed because I can breathe. (laughs) You know, that was a big deal. And I'm getting better. And, you know, after the elation of I'm going to live, I got depressed and anxious. And all this stuff from my childhood came back to me. Of course it does. It doesn't go away until you work with it, as you know. So I start talking to myself instead of therapist. I would say, hi, depression, how are you? 
Was that just something that you intuitively came up with? That is a type of therapy now. Yeah, then the inner child and all that yeah. stuff. But I was just talking to myself because I got tired of talking to therapists and they go, what did happen? And I'm like, I'm tired of telling you the same story. It makes me feel worse. So I start talking to me, myself. Hi, depression. How are you? And I have the ability to reach those dimensions because of my experiences. So it was normal for me to talk to myself in that way. And then I start healing and healing. And then I found out about shame. And I went, oh, my goodness, it's all shame. Like the most cataclysmic moment in my life. All the negativity I was with, all the guilt was shame, guilt. And then I start taking the shame, guilt that I could see and getting rid of it out of my life, out of my body. And then people start coming to me like Lois so good. You know, I'm walking straight. I'm not sick. I mean, we're talking years. This didn't happen overnight. And they said, can I do what you're doing? And I said, I don't know. I'm just talking to myself. And they said, well, teach me how to do that. And I went, okay. And I did. And they were doing the same thing I was doing and getting rid of the shame guilt. So I know you're saying shame guilt, and we're going to get into that because a lot of people think they're separate, but your work is all about how they're not separate. So for Correct. the listeners that are listening that are hearing shame guilt, that's a new concept, I'm sure, to quite a few listeners. It was to me when I found out about you because shame and, and guilt is something that, well, I and a lot of other people I know are dealing with separately. But your work is about how shame guilt is one and the same thing. I'm going to clarify. And when you have a, a coin in your hand, you have heads and tails. You know, each side is different, but it's still a coin. That's what I'm saying. Shame, guilt is shame, guilt. Now, this side is shame and this side is guilt, but it's still a coin. Now, why is this important? It's important because shame is in the unconscious mind and guilt's in the conscious mind, but it's the same energy. Now, let me back up. As a medical person, this is how they label things. And it's very confusing. Now, if you have a bacteria in your brain, they call it meningitis. If you have the same bacteria in your kidneys, they call it nephritis. If you have the same bacteria in your lungs, they call it pneumonia. But it's the same bacteria and you get the same antibiotic. So once again, it's just a label so that... Exactly. It's just a label. And the labels really mess your brain up. That's right. Because, oh, I got to deal with shame and I, then I got to deal with guilt. But then your brain switches and it's almost like you're trying to find an enemy. So I've been in the system for many, many years, which is one of the reasons that I'm sharing people's stories so that people can get some seeds planted, that they've got options. They got options. Even You've... if you know there was an option there, like me, I found an option. We have two nervous systems. One the uh, conscious and one the unconscious. Shame works on the unconscious mind and guilt works on the conscious mind. But it's still the same thing. It just is in different parts of you. And that's why the medical world calls things different. But it's very, very confusing. At 78, do you think you've completely made peace with your past and the people that perpetrated you? I, th I think so. A hundred percent? No, I don't know if anybody's ever a hundred percent. But I'm, I'm happy, I'm healthy. And you're helping oh, others, which is fantastic. And I'm helping others to do it. Are you on medication at the moment? No, no you're off all the medication. green vegetables. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Main thing 
that brought me to health, because I'm 78 now and I'm in best health ever, was I did see a holistic doctor there in Sedona. And he told me to juice vegetables because I was very, very toxic. And I did that. I got a juicer and I juiced dandelion greens. And every time I got a headache, I juiced dandelion greens. It went away. It's 22 years later. I still juice vegetables. Why break what's working? Every time I stop, I you know I don't have the energy. My gray hair went away. I feel better. Everything's better. Of course, I did many things, but the main thing I did was juice vegetables. And I have a, a video on juice in, in my website because, but anyway, that's what really saved my life. Okay, we've come to the business end of the podcast where we're going to find out how moving from the rigid Western medicine approach to healing herself and what she's actually doing career-wise to help other people, where you can find her, what her movies, she's making movies about this, and she's writing blogs. How basically, how did this journey for her, her personal healing journey, turn into a career? Let's find out how exactly that went about happening and why she is the healthiest in her 70s that she ever has been in her whole life. People came to me and said, Lois, you're changed so much. What do you do? And I said, talking to myself, can we do that? And I go, I guess so. So a couple hours with them and, and how I was doing this and how to get rid of the shame guilt. And they changed. And they sent their mothers and fathers and kids. And then they all changed. And then someone said, you should do this for a living. I said, do what? <laughs> I'm just helping people to not be oppressed like I was. My profession made me. I wasn't seeking a profession 12 years ago when I saw and felt the incredible change in people when they. I told them that shame guilt's not part of you. You can kick it out of your life, and this is how you do it, and I taught them how to do it. They sparkled. It was so rewarding. I didn't want money. I was just like so excited that people can respond that quickly to the truth that we've been not told. And that's when I decided to talk more. You know, I wanted to help humanity. So without I giving mean, away too much, because I want people to look you up and find out the gold that you are giving to the world, in a very brief description, what are some of the things that, besides talking to yourself, that you suggest for people? Okay, the first thing to do is watch my film, I'm Good Film. I am no apostrophe. Because I teach you how to do it. I'm goodfilm.com. The first thing to do is know that shame guilt is like a computer virus. Can you see a computer virus? No. But can you see what it does to your computer? It makes it a mess, like it's not happening. So what do you do? You get a computer virus program removal and you get rid of it. Well, that's what I'm telling people. Shame guilt is like an energy. You can't see it but you know what it does to you. So you're giving step-by-step you, step ways to do step it? Ways to do it, yes. Shame, guilt doesn't belong to you. And don't say my shame. It's the shame, the, the computer virus, the shame, guilt virus, okay? So that's the first thing. When you feel guilt and you feel shame, you just say, no, but I feel depressed. Okay, talk to your depression, work with depression. You can't heal shame. You can't heal guilt. 
It's an outside force. It's you only kick it out yeah. <laughs> like an uninvited guest. Have you got different ways of teaching different age groups or are you just working with middle-aged people? I've worked with kids, three and four years old, and the oldest person I worked with was 85. And do you Everybody, find that it's all the same? It doesn't matter what age you are? It doesn't matter. Of course, to kids, you talk a little different than an adult, but it's the same thing. And that's why I wrote books is because I could not say the same thing over and over and over again. I'm like, read the book <laughs> because it's the same. If you want to get married, if you want more money, if you want health, if you want um, a new job, if you want a new house, if you want to be happy, it doesn't matter what your goal is. Shame, guilt is stopping you from achieving it. Have you had medical practitioners that have kind of gone, hey, this is fantastic. We really stand by this and have wanted you to talk, keynote speak at any of their stuff? Yes, I'm getting out there more and more. My mission is to educate people because this is new knowledge. And when you get the new knowledge, you go, oh, my goodness, that's so true. And it's a burden to release yourself from trying to struggle with shame and guilt all the time. Then you can get rid of it. And the reason I made it as a, a specialty is because shame and guilt energy affects your decision. Every decision you do, everything you eat, everything you go out with a friend, it, 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 our culture, our religion, our society, our mothers, our fathers, our kids, Everything is built around shame, guilt. Why do you think that is, Lois? Because it's a very good tool. If the culture wants you to marry at a certain age, if a culture wants you to go to school, if your culture doesn't want you to do this, buy this product, buy that product, they shame you and guilt you to do it. Do you think that ego drives the people that are using that tool? If you are the one giving the shame, guilt out, you're more of an alpha person and shame guilt makes you victims now if you're a victim you're very easy to seduce you will buy this you will do this you'll pay your taxes you'll you know i'm not saying don't pay taxes but i'm just saying you're very obedient to the culture and you'll take this medicine and you'll do this and you'll do that and so you know the polarity of life good bad kind evil all those polarities of life would you say that at any stage of your life you have played that role yourself? In my private life, I became more of a victim, you know, because I was a very compassionate person. I'm still compassionate, but I don't accept the shame, guilt energy that people say or people talk about because I know what I'm doing is correct. And I became smarter. I can't believe I got so much smarter because I don't have the shame, guilt energy blocking me. You've got a movie out of discord into harmony. Can you just Tell us a little bit about what that is. Oh, that's such a fun movie. It's about 20 minutes. And my depression emotion, anxiety emotion were played by little children. And the inner critic was an astounding teenager. And I teach people how to talk with their inner critic and their other emotions and make friends with them. And when you make friends with them, the shame milk goes away. Now, the most important thing is people try to silence the inner critic. And that's our best friend, my inner critic. His name is King. He's my best friend. And he only knows how to shame guilt you because that's what the culture taught him. That's what religion teaches you. That's what your mother and father and grandparents taught you and your friends taught you. 
So we're taught to do shame guilt. So I had, like I'm teaching you and other people, I had to teach my inner critic another way to live, not the shame guilt way, the empowerment way. And children love the movie because it's kid actors. That's great. I'll thank you on behalf of the world for what you, you're doing and, and just thank you for helping yourself, really, because everyone is part of the, the bigger picture and the, a cog in the wheel. We're all connected and you healing yourself has probably set off something in the world that's, you know, positive energy for the rest of us. So hats off to you, Lois. Well done. I'm going to put links up to everything that you do so people can find you. And I thank you for helping me to get it out to people. This is something that's hard to read in books. More talking will we'll get it. But I made shame guilt visible so you can see it's a thing. It's like the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, and she sees the old wizard, and he's got a big machine and it's puffing green smoke. So shame guilt's just a puff of green smoke, people. Would you say that you... And it's a hard thing to, to ask because we haven't really gone into how bad the childhood trauma was. But would you say that you appreciate now what you went through for where you have ended up? I never would be able to do what I do today if I didn't have experience and I would not have the compassion I have. So, yes, it made me a, a better person and it made me find probably what I'm supposed to do in life is to have that type of uh, situation of abuse. So I'm not resentful and I'm not, you know, saying I regret it. I'm just saying that that was my path. And did you have siblings as well that were also treated like that? I have no idea. My last question to you is what would be some parting words that you would give to particularly people who have been abused in their younger years? A lot of people like me have been made to be victims. However... I would like to show you that this doesn't have to be your signature. You can get out of victimhood and be the incredible human that you were destined to be. And it's not that hard. There's always, always hope. And that's the beauty of being human. And when a person like me has had deep sorrow and deep pain, it gives you the capacity to have deeper compassion and deeper love. Like I can love deeper because I had such hurt. The hurt etches into your soul a deeper emotion. And then when you do find love, you can love deeper than other people. That's beautiful. I'm so glad that you survived it to tell the story and do your work. Thank you so much again. Well, thank you for bringing me out. Okay. No shame, no guilt. That's what I'm leaving everybody with. Right. I'm going to have to learn some of the ways so I can be part, it's of, all on my website. part of your it's posse. All on my website. Great. Well, bye for now. If you would like to donate to the, the running of this podcast and you can afford a few little bucks a month or whatever it is that you can afford to keep the show going without ads, please hit the PayPal button and if you've got a few loose coins that would really mean a lot to me and other people who are listening to this podcast and getting seeds of inspiration. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that just means more people will know about it. 
if you've got a story that you want to share, that you've had success with and that you've researched and found some, some joy and gold in your own diagnosis, please hit me up. I'm always happy to share anyone's story. The main takeaway message in these podcasts is get second opinions, find a doctor that you really resonate with and research the shit out of what you're going on. Get back in the driver's seat of your health, everyone. You do not need to take one person's opinion about the rest of your life and how to live it. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm Lainey Godiva. 